Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Arnett Stricker. Before we get to Arnett, a few announcements to make. First and foremost, please go to the website at TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there. You can see articles that I've written, articles that some of the guests have written. You can see links to their social media, and you can see links to our social media, which is, of course, Instagram, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter, Facebook. We are Travel Tales Podcast as well. And you can see links to Stitcher and iTunes. And if you go to iTunes, I ask, as always, please give us a good rating because that boosts our presence there and helps even more people find the show because that would be a cool thing. Also, if you know of anybody who might be a great guest for the show, or maybe you yourself will be a guest for the show, or you want to write me about anything, you can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Arnett Stricker is a travel writer and entrepreneur. She's got her own travel site called RoundTheWorldGirl.com. You can find her at RTWGirl on all the uh, social media sites, and you can see links to all her social media at TravelTalesPodcast.com. I first met Arnett through former guest and friend of the show, Marianne Bean, years ago. But like a lot of people in the travel business, she's gone all the time, and Arnett has moved a bit. Anyway, Arnett has a story that's similar to a number of people that have been on the show, and the fact that she was ready for a change and took off on a long trip overseas. In her case, it was about a year and a half around the world, hence the name Round the World Girl. But she had suffered some tragedy in her life, and as we all know, travel is a great tonic and a great way to change your mindset for whatever you're going through. Bad job, breakup of a relationship, death in the family, or sometimes you just need a change of life. Travel is perfect for that. So it was great to reconnect with Arnett. I enjoyed our conversation, and I hope you will too. So please enjoy my chat with the lovely and charming round-the-world girl, Arnett Stricker. Downstairs, right below me, they're rehabbing an apartment. So if we hear any banging, and that's for anybody listening, if you're if we hear any banging or sawing or anything, <laughs> that's what's happening. It's like, uh, I, as soon as I saw that today, I was like, perfect. It can't just be quiet whenever we're talking, ever. <laughs> but uh, you're up from San Diego. Yes. Okay. Carlsbad, to, to be exact. Well, okay. nobody's going to well, call you no out. No one's on ever going to know where that is unless <laughs> they're from northern or like they're from san diego right and you've been there how long how many how long have you been uh, well technically i moved there about 12 years ago minus um a little two-year stint in la and then uh my round the world trip okay well, this, we'll we'll start way back that you were from vancouver yes originally from vancouver I love the coup. Well, I grew up in Vancouver. I was born in the Philippines, and then when I was very small, my family moved over. So my whole life, I I don't know the Philippines. I know Vancouver. Does anybody call it the coup? 
I'm trying to make a trend. Not really. <laughs> I'm going to start it. The Coove. <laughs> the funny thing is, is I have a friend who has the last name Coves. Oh, no. Yeah. And so, but no one really, no one really calls it the Coove. <laughs> Not that I know of. Or at least no one from Vancouver calls it that. Right. And you moved down here to work or for a fella or both? Um, it was a mixture of both <laughs> because I previously I was working in the action sports industry and most of the brands and companies are based in San Diego or Los Angeles. Or we're all Orange. about action. We're, yes. we're extreme, man. <laughs> Very That's extreme. We are. We're so, so extreme down all here. the brands are in you know Orange County, San Diego, L.A. Right. So, um, but also there was a guy and mm-hmm. he lived down here. Um, well, LA first and then to San Diego. So we were dating long distance, working in the same industry. And then it got to the point where, you know, someone had to make a move and there isn't much of an industry for him (laughs) in Canada. So it was me or, you know, call things off. So I thought, okay, well, we'll see how that goes. So I moved down here and it was, you know, I've been here since. He's American. He, he was. Yeah, he was American. American. Okay. So my husband passed away uh, eight and a half years ago. Yes. So he uh, was from Chicago. Hey, my hometown. Yes. Um, he's a Cubs. Yay. <laughs> I'm like, we probably buried him in this Cubs. What a good fella. Sure. Um, yes. So he was from Chicago, but because he worked in the skateboard industry, he was an editor at a magazine, two different ones. And so he moved to California. From Illinois. Okay. Now, when he passed away, mm-hmm. um, that was the impetus for your round-the-world trip? Yes. So, when he passed away, you know, I went back to work. I was working at a fashion company that's in the skateboarding industry. And, you know, I, I was sort of losing steam. And, you know, I went back to work to try and keep myself busy. But, you know, I was grieving and depressed and... You know, I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll go on a trip. Um, you know, and so I had this idea that I would go on a month-long trip somewhere tropical or something like that. And then I started doing research and came upon people who took career breaks and went on round-the-world trips. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? People do that? <laughs> you know? And so I was obsessed, and I kept on pouring over these blogs and of people of different ages. There were people who did the gap year after university, but also I was more interested in the career break because, you know, I'm way past university. So here are these lawyers, you know, people working in finance who were frustrated with their lives and they quit their jobs, sold everything, and then went on these round-the-world trips, usually for a year, um, you know, or however long, six months. And I thought, wow. I think I want to do this. And so I started, you know, planning in my head, like, okay, I think I might do this. I, I won't do this, like, luxurious month-long trip to the Maldives or something. I'm going to, you know, do maybe, like, 10 months. And so I, you know, sculpted this plan to do a round-the-world trip, and then I did it. Do you remember any uh, websites that kind of stand out in your mind of... Uh um, yeah, I loved uh, Jody from Legal Nomads. Oh, yeah, okay. And then um, I forgot her name, and I met her in person, too. But her uh, blog is called Hole in the Donut. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, I think she's retired. She's a little bit older. I can't, I met her on a press trip actually in Georgia two years ago. And now I'm blanking on her name, but I came across hers because she went to New Zealand. And so then when I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go, I wanted to go to New Zealand. So I got obsessed with hole in the donut and then um jody spent a lot of time in southeast asia yeah and was going she went she's the one who eats soup all the time she's got like a soup i think so yeah yeah yeah. i think she she was obsessed with soup so she went there and eating faux soup in uh, vietnam yes i well i think now she has like some diet it's like a dietary thing yes yes i saw that online Um, she's recuperating back in canada um so she spent uh, I think she was helping a little guest house in the Philippines and um, on this island where I wanted to go. And so I actually contacted her and asked her all these questions. Uh, and about so, the Philippines? You didn't, I mean, you think you would, yeah, that's right? one country well, you would know. Actually, um, y- you would think that, but at that point in time, I'd only been to the Philippines, I think, twice. And I always went with my parents as a child. So, you know, and we would always just go to Manila and visit our relatives or, okay. uh, you know, like my grandfather's farm um, <laughs> at the time. <laughs> we don't have that anymore, but, well, farm equals jungle, really. Um, you know, so we never went to, like, Palawan or mm-hmm. Boracay at that time. So I was asked, I asked her these questions. And then also, who else? Uh, Keith from, I can't remember his blog now. There was a few blogs yeah. that I, you know, was really keen on back so, then when I was researching. Right. Was going to uh, the Philippines as a child, was that the only real big travel you had as a kid? Or was it mostly around Canada? Or did you go? Yeah, it was no. It was mostly around, not even around Canada. It's mostly around, um, you know, not too far from Vancouver. So we went to Seattle. Yes, every weekend actually. (laughs) Every weekend, (laughs) wow. Or we went a lot to Seattle. We went to a lot to Oregon. We would spend like Easter on the Oregon coast. We would go to Seattle a lot. to do shopping, like cross-border sure. shopping. <laughs> we always did uh, road trips to California to visit cousins and go to Disneyland and things like that. Yeah. And then Philippines, um, we would go, but we would spend the whole summer there. So like oh. the moment we would finish school, you know, we were off to the Philippines for the whole summer. And So we, is, is that monsoon season? Well, uh, yes. How, to go from Vancouver to Manila, because I can't imagine how... That must have been crazy. It was pretty hectic. Um, so Manila we, is insane. Yes. So we would go to Manila and then, you know, we would go and visit other family in other parts of, you know, the main island near Manila. Um, yes, I do remember one family trip. There was a really crazy typhoon. And I'd never see, like, things were flying in the air. <laughs> and, you know, like, we were, we had to, like, take cover, in, like, in my aunt's house. And all of us were, it was crazy. I rem- vague memories of, like, a crazy typhoon. Wow. Yeah. And coming back, like, you know, when you come back in September to school, like, how was your summer vacation? I'm like, we had a Asian hurricane. 
<laughs> we call them typhoons. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I don't. I think at right. school, no one knew what I was talking sure. about. And I'm like, my parents told me it's an Asian hurricane. <laughs> so, yeah. And like show and tell, like, what did you do this summer? I'm like, well. And then, you know, we went twice. So the, the first one was like, well, I went to Tokyo and my mom and dad bought me all this Hello Kitty <laughs> That's not available in Canada. So those were, you know, the really exciting things and fond memories we would go to. We would spend like a few days in Tokyo before we'd go to the Philippines. Oh, that's cool. And then we would go to Hong Kong. I remember uh, like my only memory of, I don't really remember much about Hong Kong and being five years old, but I do remember it smelled bad and there was garbage everywhere. <laughs> but when I went back, you know, just a few years ago, I was like, oh, it's totally not, those are not the memories I have. <laughs> so, you know, obviously it's cleaned up and modernized. Sure. So when you, when you took off for this thing, was the idea for the blog always there when you started or no, did that come later? No, not at all. So a lot of people told me that, I, you know, you should start a blog while you're traveling. And I was, you know, and I thought, nah, not really. I don't really, because I actually tried so many times to start like a lifestyle blog. Like, cause I was, um, when I was waiting for my permanent residency, AKA green card, uh, after I got married, like I couldn't fully work and so you know my, my husband was like you should have a hobby or something <laughs> and I was like well maybe I'll start a blog a fashion blog you know because I worked in more in fashion and those were my interests but I it just never stuck like it was nothing I wasn't that passionate about it and so you know I would do these like sh outfit posts and things like that and my friends liked them but I just wasn't that into it because I didn't keep up and so I thought, no, I'm not going to blog. I'm trying to, you know, get my mind right. <laughs> and so I just want to travel and see the world and feel better. And so I never, you know, had a blog or anything. I took a lot of, no, like, you know, I would journal a little bit. And then I took tons of photos. Um, and then the blog came after, maybe two years later, I think, or hold on. What year? Did, no, maybe like a year later after I came back because people kept on asking me like, oh, hey, we're going to here. You know, what should we do? And instead of sending out these emails constantly or writing up new emails, I thought, well, maybe I'll just, you know, have a blog just for my family and friends. And so all the places that were cool or things that I think they should do, I'll just post it, you know, on this like wordpress.com, <laughs> like yeah. this free, like not even like, you know, a self-hosted site. Like I'm going to, I had this blog spot or WordPress site and then it just grew from there. Like when you say, okay, well, let's go back to your trip. And you, you started in the Philippines? No. Um, I or New Zealand? New Zealand. So I flew myself to New Zealand and... I I mean, I picked countries that I wanted to go to, but I also picked countries where I, I knew somebody. Yeah. And so that way I would have some time to be on my own because I had never traveled by myself for a long time anyways. I had, you know, I'd gone on like small trips on my own, but 
you know, I would eventually meet up with somebody I know or see a friend and things, but never constantly by myself. So well, New I, Zealand and Australia is a nice starter. Yeah. It's easy. Not a lot of culture shock Yeah, there. exactly. And it's that was also... Easy to get around. I was very meticulous about how I picked my countries because I thought, okay, well, I'm going to start in New Zealand. I'm going to be on my own. I've never traveled this long by myself. I'm going to start out with English speakers. I'm going to start out with a Commonwealth country. Right. So it's very much like Canada, <laughs> you know, and then my girlfriend from high school lives in New Zealand. So I was going to stay with her for my birthday, you know, um, and then I was going to go off on my own and do stuff in and then the next country was Australia, and I was going to yeah. go to Sydney. I didn't really know anybody there. And then I was going to go to Melbourne, where I have 12 cousins. 12 cousins? <laughs> wow. So then I thought, okay, you know, Easy. so I would mix it up between, you know, being on my own and being able to, like, go through what I was going through, um, you know, being pretty new widow to, you know, if I needed support, I knew that eventually like in a week I would be seeing my family and you know I would feel sure uh, some support or at least not as lonely or something and do you speak Tagalog uh very poorly <laughs> but you could get by in the Philippines I can get by because everyone in the Philippines can actually speak incredible yeah. English yeah. so um I try when I'm there and they seem more frustrated and so they convert <laughs> to English and they're like we'll just speak English yeah I'm let's like, get through this exactly so um we appreciate the effort but let's uh let's get yeah, through this so that's what that's happens because I had a friend actually who I saw while I was out there he's from like the east like New York or something and mm -hmm. he was out living trying to live in the Philippines for a year and I said well how's your Tagalog going because he actually he didn't understand Tagalog at all whereas my parents always spoke it to me but I just never spoke back to them in Tagalog I was answering in English and he said it's, it's not going anywhere because everyone speaks English exactly. so like it's not improving at all so yeah that's what happens to me in Spain like I'll try my best and they'll just like yeah. <laughs> just immediately oh, yeah. start talking to me in English it's like we're, come on let's we appreciate the effort <laughs> yeah. but let's let's move it on yeah but, uh, okay, so New Zealand, this whole trip was like a year, right? Uh, er, well, originally it was planned to be 10 months. So I was going to go through New Zealand, Australia, Southeast Asia, um, and then, you know, like Hong Kong and Japan. And then I was going to come back um, to the States to, you know take a little break, say hi to my parents, uh, come, and then head off to Europe. And then from there, I was just going to come home. Um, but then, and that was 10 months, so it was going to be like five months, five months. So what did it end up being? What was your, what was well, your quick rundown? Give well, us all, give us the it, quick rundown. Well, it and so by the time I finished uh, Asia... I was on my way home to, you know, do my taxes and, like, take care of some business, see my parents. I came home and my mother had terminal cancer. Oh. So she, What a year. Yeah. So, you know, and I, no one from my family told me because it was strict rules by my mother. You know, Arnett is um, doing better. She's, you know... Uh, traveling and sort of becoming whole again. I don't want her to stop and come home because I'm dying. 
And so she hung on until I came home on my own. Wow. And um, so I came home in time to say goodbye. And then two weeks later, she passed away. And that's when you really went, I got to get out. I'm, I'm going uh, back. Well, no, actually, at that time, well, when my mom and I had our last conversation together, um, you know, we sat on her bed and she said, I know you're going to quit. I know you're going to quit your trip. Um, she didn't know. have faith in you. <clears throat> no, no, she didn't. Oh. She didn't have faith in me, and she, and I said, "Yeah, I'm going to," because I don't think I should leave Dad alone, you know. And I'm like, because I know exactly what he's going to go through, so I don't want him to be alone. And she said, "I don't want you to quit your trip. Your brothers are here; they're capable of taking care of your dad until you finish." She's like, "My only request for you is to finish your trip." Oh. You know, and even when she passed away, I was like, I don't think, you know, I can do it. Like, I just can't. I can't do it. Like, I can't leave him alone. Like, he's like, I know exactly what he's going to go through. And, you know, and so I did stay a l- like a few months to help him go, you know, do all the crappy paperwork that you need to go through and, you know, throw away or minimize things like my mom's or whatever. And, um, and then my brother was actually was like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You need to, you need to finish your trip. He's like, we can handle this. We're all adults. Like, yes, dad will be very depressed and grieving, but (laughs) just finish your trip. And so my, but my, (laughs) this is the problem. My, my 10 months planned trip ended up being 19. 19. 19. With the breaks in the middle of going yeah, back home. Okay. Because I, um, did I include the break? Oh, yeah, I included the yeah. breaks. Yeah, I think it was like two months. And so, really, 17 months of travel. Um, but did that Well, 19 cha- months because yeah. Canada wasn't, isn't home. Did that change your itinerary, though? I mean, oh, yeah, completely. So, what did, what was different? <laughs> well, so in, so when I first set off for Europe, and I was just supposed to go to Europe and then come home after right. 10 months, um, I, in my head, I was like, oh, well, I can do t- Europe in two months. <laughs> I'm like, you know, we have three months. Yeah, all of Europe in two months. Yeah, well, sure. we have three months with the Schengen visa, right? Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, I'll do Europe in two months, no problem, and then I'll come home to, to Pops, you know? And, um, so then I was, I was traveling pretty quickly until I got to San Sebastian in Northern Spain. And I was like, wow, this place is amazing. (laughs) And then I met like other travelers and who were like, Hey, we're going to come back here for Christmas or come back for Christmas. Where are you going to spend Christmas? I'm like, right here. (laughs) So I came, I ended up spending a month there. God, I still haven't been. It's amazing. You, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I went there for so three cool days things. and s- stayed for a month, or but like, it, in total. It's colder than people think it is, right? It's it like, is. It's not like tropical. No, it's, it's. I mean... It's not like south of Spain. I was there in November, so it was cold. No, first in November, and then in December into January, and there was a dusting of snow when mm-hmm. we were there, and then I also went back, I didn't go to San Sebastian, but I went back to Bilbao, which is... Yeah. Um, the like Basque about region. An, yeah, yeah, about an hour away on on the bus. Um, 
and it was freezing cold. <laughs> and I just went there last December. But the food there is supposed to be amazing. It is some of the best food in the world. I think they have the most Michelin chefs per capita just in San Sebastian. And then just the food and the people are so amazing. Okay, now that we're on food, yes. and now that you're here, okay, I have to be honest with you. You know where I was most disappointed about the food? The Philippines? Yeah. A lot of people don't like Filipino. What did I miss? Um, Help me out here because uh, I gave it a lot of chances. Well, it really depends on what. I mean, of course, I had we had the uh, like a pig, you know, that that Lechon. was roasted. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was amazing. Well, but, that uh, is to me like other cultures and countries roast pig. Yeah, Filipino lechon is the best <laughs> because you know i've gone to like family italian family parties and things sure, like that i just did and a cuban the, one in yeah. florida and, and you like know, the indonesian Hawaii. the indonesian yeah. one i'm like filipino the roast pig <laughs> lechon yeah. is the best they do that well in cebu it, like it has to be in cebu yeah but it was a lot of like they my friend who was living there was saying, yeah, they like really colorful food. Like the hot dogs aren't just hot dogs. They're like bright red yeah, hot dogs. Yeah, I don't and eat those like, things. Well, when I was... That purple tra- dessert, what is the... Ube. It's purple yam. Oh, is it hollow hollow? Or is it... Oh, hollow hollow is like shaved ice, ice yeah. with weird things in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it not crazy. weird things, but it's like coconut jam but I just found and it like to be jackfruit. Of, yeah. And so it's all different colors. But, but it, was a little, it was a lot of fast food and a lot of like yeah, yeah. Greasy I, well, kind of stuff. you just have to kind of get past that. And I think now in the more recent years, there's a lot more, you know, kind of cleaner food. Like <laughs> when I went to, um, when I was in Manila, like there was, I mean, it, it sucks because you have to go to a mall, but there was like a really nice restaurant right. where it's kind of like more modern Filipino and, you know, and you can order like a vegetarian version if you're not into eating meat and things like that. So, right. Um, I just found that like in the Philippines, you have to seek it out a little yeah, more. You find the good stuff to, as opposed have, to like Thailand where you can just stumble into a, yeah, anywhere you, you and it's really awesome. You really have to look <laughs> a little bit harder, but also to be willing to try different things because yeah. when I was traveling, I'm through, not going to eat the balut. I'm not going to no, do it. No, I've never had it either, oh, actually. Um, that sounds so awful. It is awful. <laughs> I haven't tried it, but I know it's awful. Um, I I met this wonderful English couple, and you know we were like I met this girl. And she was on the same snorkel trip as me. And then she was like, hey, come to this guest house. I'm having dinner with this older couple like at my guest house. I'm like, yeah, sure. So I met them and I ended up traveling with them for like four days. I didn't know these people. And that's like the thing with, you know, kind of extended tr- tr- solo travel. You, you meet people and they're like, hey, you want to come with us? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, so they, and they were, during dinner, they were like, oh, what did you order? That looks interesting. And I'm like, well, I'm Filipino, so I know exactly what I'm ordering, you know? <laughs> and so they're like, well, you know, we tried stuff and, you know, it wasn't that great. So then they started copying whatever I was eating and they were like, oh, this is so See, much better. Maybe I needed you there. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, I think I'm... that's what you need. Because, you know, like my sister-in-law, well, both of my sister-in-laws are, you know, like one is of Scottish descent and the other is of, Ger- you know, German descent. Sure. Both white. White people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we <laughs> I'm get being, it. I'm trying to be I got PC. it. I know what you but mean. But they're both white and they love Filipino food. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I always tell them, I'm well, like, let's I be honest. so many Scottish travelers. and Germans aren't into, you know, let's let's not, let's not take their taste buds into account yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Scottish has worse hag. food than the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, true, true. But, you know, I mean, they... they 
they grew up in Canada their whole yeah, life. So they're very Canadian. And so, but, you know, and I would always... So poutine always, is there. <laughs> yeah. So I would always say, I'm like, I meet all these travelers and they hate Filipino See, you're converting food. everyone. But, you know, You're like I the mean, Johnny Appleseed of uh, well, you know, Filipino I mean, food. God rest his soul, but Anthony <laughs> Bourdain was, you know, in their last few years would always say like... Filipino food is like the next, next food that people are going to fall yeah. in love with. Well, every so often here in L.A., there's always some, you know, the hot new place, the yeah. Filipino, like, fusion and yeah. things like and that. Yeah, and so there's a lot but of... they combine it with, like, Korean and tacos and, you know, no. it's so L.A. Yes, it's so it's, L.A. it's very L.A., but there's actually a lot of, in, especially in Los Angeles, there's a lot of young, kind of innovative Filipino chefs who are, yeah. you know, kind of introducing the flavors, at least, to... Americans and I think they're mm-hmm. doing a really good job. So on your trip, yeah. So eventually you're in Europe for a while, yeah. And does it end there? What what brought you back? I mean, why not just keep oh, going okay. if you were loving? Uh, it? So I went through. Did you run out of money? No. Oh, that's cool. that. The, that's the reason why I kept going for as long as as I did is I had money. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I don't really need to go back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so 10 but, months ended up being 19 months. But you're blogging this whole time. No, I wasn't blogging. Oh, you weren't at no, all? No, not at all. I was just living. Living and experiencing Good. traveling pre-social media. Oh, my God. What? There was a time? There was. Uh, I mean... When we all just took in our surroundings? And- well, I, I actually got an Instagram account, like, sort of at the beginning of my trip, but no one else had yeah. like none of my friends had instagram Insta for a, what? i'm always kind of on the up like on <laughs> things like that and so for like a year mo- a lot of my friends didn't even have instagram so i'm posting these random things for no one you know yeah. and i'm like i don't know what this you is you were a pioneer yeah but you know like so no one really was using it so it's so europe was how long europe ended up being four months so i spent three months a month well Two months traveling around Europe, one month completely in San Sebastian. San Sebastian. Um, and then I spent a month in the UK. So I um, met some travelers while I was in Bali and they. Well, lived- how do we get to Bali now from Europe? Oh, well, not. not so previous, before. Pre- yeah. So this was when I was in Southeast Asia. And you met your Bali friends in London somewhere. Yeah. So gotcha. I, I, I like so I met these different travelers in Bali because I spent a month there, and then when I got to Europe, a lot of the people that I met in Southeast Asia were European, of course. So they're mm-hmm. like, "Hey, come through and visit." I'm like, "Don't invite me yeah. if you're serious, because you're like I am that person. I'm the guy that shows up. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, so, if you're ever in so and so, stop yeah. by." I was like, "You say that, but." I'm that guy. I will. Yeah. Two years later, I'm gonna. You're gonna get a knock on the door. Hey. Exactly. I am that girl. So, so travelers who I met in Bali were living in London. Two separate travelers who ended up becoming roommates. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they were like, "Arnett's coming through. You got to come and stay with us." I'm like, "Don't invite me if you're not serious." So I did. So I ended up staying in London for like three weeks. I'm like, no one stays in London that long because it's so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a free place Not to stay. Not without a free place to stay, you know. Exactly. Don't. And then I went to Manchester for a week because I have cousins who live in Manchester. 
Um, a lot of cousins. I have, yeah. I'm Filipino. I we know. Lots Everybody's of, a cousin. Yeah, and every, a lot of aunties. But and these are actually my real, real cousins. first cousins. Because you call people cousins that yes, aren't exactly. I have like tons <laughs> yeah. of cousins. I have my cousins who live here in LA. But mm-hmm. they're not really my cousins. Of course. They're like it's my just na- easier to say. They're my neighbors from childhood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but my cousin in Manchester is my real first cousin. And then my cousins in Melbourne are also my real first cousins. Wow. Yes. Man. So, um... Yeah, so I stayed in, and I could stay in the UK for a month because I'm Canadian, and I yeah. can stay up to six months in the UK, but I couldn't because it's too expensive to stay out there. Exactly. So after London, so I had my round the world ticket. I had that's you have to go the same direction. Yeah, right? so I had or to the- go in a full circle, and so I technically started it in New Zealand, and so um, my ticket went from London back to Melbourne and then back to New Zealand. I didn't like, so I started in New Zealand, then I went to Australia, then I went through Asia back to the States and then over to Europe. And then, but I went back to the, if you started it. Yeah. In New Zealand. So you're heading now. So so technically I was going up. So New Zealand, Australia, Philippines and then through Asia. Yeah, but from New Zealand, you're about as far east as you could yeah. get. But I you have to go. go... Full, I have to go in a full circle back to down to New Zealand. Okay, gotcha. Around. So technically, it's like one circle, but you can go in right. any direction within the continent. Yes, but from London, you had to go back west? down. No, yeah. So I'm going, you know, from London to Melbourne. I was supposed to go London, Melbourne, Auckland. Okay. But I went back to Melbourne because I have family there. Gotcha. <laughs> and I stayed there for six weeks. <laughs> but I never went back to New Zealand. Okay. Because at, when I was in Melbourne for the second time, my gay best friend from Vancouver was like, hey, I'm in Bali. You want to come? I'm like, okay. Did he say, hey, I'm in Bali? Or did he go, hey? Yeah, I'm in Bali. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Hey, I'm in Bali," <laughs> and I'm like, "I'll be there oh. in a few days." So then I left Melbourne and went to Bali with no plan, and I stayed there f- for three months. <laughs> Bali's doable in three and months; sir, much more affordable. Yeah, but- I went to the Philippines again, also. Sure, that's really um, close. You know, so I, but at this point, I became this like I don't even surf here in California, but there, I'm like. What? Yeah, in Bali? You, yeah. I did surf in Bali. Okay. And also I went in the diving. Philippines. I went diving at the Gili Islands. Oh, okay. I went to the Gillies, yeah. but I didn't dive there. Okay. We just hung out. I didn't do any surfing over there. I, I, I mean, it's hard in certain parts. You know, I, I went to the easy beaches, but it was Seminyak still hard. Or whatever I, I surfed at Seminyak and then down um, in this area called Balangan, like near, not... Kind of near Uluwatu, yeah. but not Uluwatu. Like, Uluwatu is for serious. Like, the waves are, like, 20 feet high and things like that. Yeah. I went to, like, where the baby waves are. Right, right. <laughs> the know. beach pollution was really bad there. I remember. Well, um, the first time I went, it was kind of bad. And then I think when I went back again, there was one in the beginning of when I was there, it was the rains. So the rains bring in all the crap. And it was nasty and stuff. Um, but my friends, I had a f- girlfriend who was just there surfing and then another guy friend a few months ago and he sh- like t- 
took pictures and posted them on their social and it was horrible. Yeah. Like it was really awful. So I don't know, like if it's been because it's been seven years, like how much it's gotten worse or what? Because yeah. I mean, even back then it wasn't the nicest, you know? And stuff. And I was always kind of interested because, you know, so many people have been to Bali or they really are dreaming to go to Bali. And, you know, I remember talking to my parents at the time. My mom was still alive. And I told my parents, I was like, you know what? I should not have gone to the Philippines first because the beaches are so much better in the Philippines. Um, and now every beach is kind of crap like mm -hmm. everywhere else, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, when I was in the Philippines, we would seek out, like, I, I'm not talking just like white beach at Boracay or, yeah. or whatnot. Like we would seek out kind of quieter beaches on different islands and things. And I know it's gotten more touristy in seven years, sure. but you know, at the time, like we would go to like a little deserted island and post up on a boat and like tan with just our group of friends who hired some boat right. driver, you know. Have the Russians really started uh, moving in on the Philippines? Not as much as Vietnam. Yeah, they were all over. Yeah, there. Vietnam is pretty bad. Like um, my friends actually kind of got moved out. Like they owned a business, but then somebody somebody decided to make an offer to their landlord. That and, they couldn't refuse? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so my friend yeah. all of a sudden had no more business. Oh, so that's and, a shame. Yeah. So um, not as much, but I think um, my brother told me, because he has a place, he just bought a place um, last fall in Boracay. Um, they, I think they've closed it for six months to clean it up and whatnot. Like... And, like, he was saying how the beach line has, like, shortened and Ugh. all this stuff. I mean, it's still, like, when I see the photos, it's still very clean and pristine. The Boracay. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. I went there for, like, a couple it's days. It's still, like, you know, pretty clean and pristine. But I think just because it's, I mean, it's a island that's seven kilometers by one kilometer. So when you have so much tourism, yeah, like, you know. And so they I go for the money, and but they don't think about the impact. Yeah, it's so be. they've closed it to kind of clean it up and maybe heal the coral and things like that a little bit. Um, and then we'll, you know, who knows? But yeah, it, I mean, it's become more popular, especially with Instagram, because it's just like somewhere like that where it's all islands, it's so tropical and yeah. lush, it looks so good on photos, <laughs> you know, like. I mean, my friend who went to this one island where I was surfing took me like two days to get there because at the time, like seven years ago, there wasn't an easy way to get there. Like I took a boat and a bus and a plane. Mm -hmm. and, and guess who put it on Instagram? You. No. You, no, I the didn't. pioneer of Instagram. No, I didn't put it on Instagram. <laughs> I think I wrote about surfing there and then later I think some... Like travel bloggers went mm -hmm. there to surf, but then I think a bunch of travel bloggers post like stayed there for months at a time and then started droning it. No, oh. and then now, like, my friend went to because she's a surfer, she's like, Ugh, there's people dr with like drones all over this place, droning it. That's the verb like, now. Oh boy, so yeah, okay, so let's take the trip as a whole. So it was 19 months, it mm -hmm. ended up being, yes, and you came back. And when did the blog seem like something that could be what you do? 
I mean, um, well, you had to, yeah, I guess go back to work and make something. Yeah, yeah. well, I, you know, I mean, I put a, I sold all my things and I, I minimized and like had like a little storage unit. So I mean, I kept, I definitely kept money aside to, you know, float myself for a while. And I, I mean, I think I started my blog casually and then started, um, you know, I think I went to, I don't, oh, I went to T-Bex in Toronto. T? Oh, T- oh yeah. The, uh, Did travel. you go to that one? No, no, I haven't been to that oh, Okay. So, you know, and that was in the, be- I was fairly new. I think I had only started my blog like six months, but you know, the, so this is like doing- a travel writer blogger like it's like a travel blog conference yeah and i was six months into it but you know i was on twitter and instagram wasn't big at all yet but so i was on twitter and stuff and started like you know networking with other travel bloggers because i'm like i want to be friends with these people who do what i do and and travel all the time and you know and they're like oh well there's this travel bloggers conference and i was like okay i'll go you know my i have a cousin oh no you're kidding and i was I like i can't believe I'll, you have a cousin somewhere yeah i'm like i'll stay with my cousin who lives across the street from the conference center perfect <laughs> so i went and then you know it was crazy there was a thousand people at the conference i think that was the only time they've ever let it get that big i think they've gone because it was just too much what year like, was this about 2013 Okay. I think. And at this point, your blog's been only going, what, six, six months, months or something? Okay. Yeah. And then, so, you know, I went there to, I met a couple of, you know, nice travel bloggers and tried to connect with some tourism brands and, you know, and you go on these like little speed dates and things yeah. <laughs> and, and all of that stuff. So, you know, and. Other than like showing they'll ask you okay what's your numbers what are you what's your following how many subscribers and all that other stuff other than that what are you selling them on in these tbex things i mean oh well i've only been to that one after that experience i'd never wanted to go to one of those right. things i mean again. what could they be looking at other than i mean i know your demographic there's always that well i mean it was interesting and people were really interested because you know i had just started my blog at six months and then at that time there was thousand people at this conference and so people were wondering like i had a full schedule and people were wondering like how does she have a full schedule she doesn't even barely blog like and i well i'm like well i used to work in pr so i really know how to sell myself (laughs) (laughs) that's a good skill you know so i you know can write a decent pitch and things and so i you know and i'm cute i would think (laughs) (laughs) and so you know i People are, you know, trying to find good matches. But really, you have to... And I don't know. I think after blogging for so many years now, I don't necessarily think people, PR or brands or tourism, need to always look for the people with the biggest numbers. I think people who, you know, they should be asking more interesting questions like what kind of article are you going to, or blog post are you going to write? You know, are, are you going to be writing about something that people are looking for? You know, because I have posts, you know, like I don't have the biggest blog. I don't have the biggest followers, but I have blog posts that are still relevant from like five years ago because people are still searching for those questions on Google. And so, you know, my post is still number one on seo five years later 
And because it's like questions I would ask myself, like, okay, well, when I go somewhere, what am I looking for? And that's how I write an article. And sometimes, you know, like I do talk to PR people and tourism and they're like, you know, what are your numbers? And like, how many people are visiting your site? I'm like, well, you know, but I'm a general travel blogger. So not everybody's going to be looking for everything. Like, right. unless right. They you don't have th- a specialty. Of- yeah. Unless they think like, oh, like, I like her. I think, you know, I, because, you know, that was like me following Jody. I was like, I kind of like her vibe. I think I like her style of travel and, you know, where she's going. And so maybe some people connect with me in that way. But, you know, and so I sort of, I did categorize myself as this solo female traveler because that's what I am really. But at the same time too, like I have, I had a, dad come to my site recently because he was like I really wanted to thank you for your packing list for the Sahara and Morocco because there's not really a lot of information you know about what you should bring on a trip into the desert you know and because and I wrote those things because I researched my Morocco trip from two years ago for like six months because there's not really a lot of you know I would I'm like as a traveler I'm like there's not information about, you know, you know, there's some basic stuff, but there's not like what kind of stuff are they providing you? Like, what are you going to do out there and things? And so I was like, I don't know what to bring. So I'm gonna, <laughs> and then you can't really bring everything because you're riding a camel into the desert. So they're like, you can bring one small bag, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I you know, I would often like I would write these things that I would ask myself and I'm like, there's no information, so I need to put this out. Well, let's talk about stories that happened to you on your trips that, oh. <laughs> you know, some, let's call them travel tales. Okay. That uh, yes. Give me some of the things that maybe were a little scary that made you go, ooh, uh, I'm going to end this trip short. Did you ever want to pack it in? Was there a moment you're like looking around going, what am I doing? Yeah, I mean... There were times, oh, yes. <laughs> so after my mom passed away, I forced myself to go over to Europe. And so my first stop was Madrid. But I pit stopped in New York to see a friend of mine before. And he had just come back from a fashion photo shoot from Africa. And he had a bit of a cold. So I think I contracted his cold. Anyway, so I oh, no. flew to Madrid and I was fine. And then next, you know... And this and, is an African cold. Yes. <laughs> this is not just your run-of-the-mill... This is not just this some is New Africa York cold. cold he, yeah. he got the flu in Africa. And so, you know, so there I am exploring Madrid. My friend's in school all day, and he's like, go do your thing. And I had only planned to be in Madrid for four days, and then I was going to go to Barcelona. Then all of a sudden, one night, I couldn't breathe. And my friend, like, I just like had the most difficult time breathing and I was very sick. And I thought, oh my God, I'd caught, you know, my friend's flu. And, but I... You got the Zika virus. But I can't breathe at all. And my friend was so freaked out. He's like, I have to bring you to emergency because you are like, this is, you are in bad shape, you know? And so... There we are. So we went to one emergency room 
and it was a private hospital and they're like, you have to go to a different one. So we went to another one. And so there I am and I've got like an oxygen mask. They're doing chest x-rays and these like really pretty nurses and handsome Spanish doctors <laughs> are, you know, trying to, they're, they just said, oh, and the, so then they diagnosed me and I had acute bronchitis. Okay. And he's, he was like, you're on the verge of pneumonia. Like, he's like, wow. you need to, he's like, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to, like, rest. Like, and so my friend said to me, there's no way you can go to Barcelona. You need to just stay here and rest because you can't travel like this. So I spent two weeks in Madrid recuperating in my friend's apartment, but then I would also, I, I was, that was killing me. So then I would go to museums. Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm kind of I'm indoors. And- yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm indoors. <laughs> so whatever, you know, so I would, I went to every museum in Madrid during the daytime, like covered up and like, you know, and then I went to Barcelona, but it was pretty miserable because I was still sick. Uh, but is that something that's even contagious? Um, no, I think like after two weeks I was quasi fine, <laughs> but it was great. It was a great hospital experience. They gave me like a free inhaler. Right. They charged you $5 for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had, tra- I had great travel insurance. So uh, see travel insurance folks, we've talked about that. You know, you never know when you might need it. Oh God. I, I am the queen of needing travel insurance all the time, so I always buy it. Where have you used it otherwise? Um, I mean, I haven't really used it, but I'm just one of those paranoid people because I know that if something's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. So, you know, but I did meet a lot of travelers who were doing round the world trips or extended trips. And one guy had his things stolen on the train in Vietnam, like all his camera gear. Oh, my God. You know, all his photos. And things like that. So I am a firm believer in travel insurance. That's so, the toughest thing. Like everything can be replaced other than the uh, the photos. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah like, exactly. You can log them always, in the cloud. You can, you know, sometimes I'd make like, I have separate hard drives and yeah. then I, I hide them in my bags or something yeah. that I don't, because if my, I lose my phone or my camera, then, you know, I upload them yeah, when I can. Exactly. You know, just because God. But yeah, so I, my... You know, I had travel insurance and then, but they gave me like a f- inhaler, which I know my friend buys for her son. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's like $200 here. And right. They, they gave me this inhaler and then gave me medicine. And, you know, I finally got better. But I think it, you know, I remember calling my brother from you know on skype and crying like i'm like i think i i'm like i think i was nearly dying i need to come home he's like no you don't you need to rest relax and keep going wow you know what encouraging uh brothers he yeah so my middle brother was he was he was always like no you don't (laughs) (laughs) he's like buck up and you'll be he's like he's like if you he's like go to sleep, get some rest. He's like, call me in two days. And if you still feel this miserable, he's like, then we'll make a plan and get you home. You know? And then after two days, and my mom would do that to me too. Like when my mom was still alive and I was on my trip, I remember actually you call her up crying I want to go yeah yeah so uh, in Vietnam, I remember being in Vietnam. So my friend, 
lived in Natrang, the one who got yeah, Kito. Yeah, yeah, the one who whose business got run over by Russians. Yeah, um, he was living there at the time, and I, so I was hanging out in Natrang, and so he was a local, and he had a friend, and his friend I think was like my first crush kind of or not crush but I was like I was like wow that guy's really cute and you know (laughs) and that was like the first guy that after my husband passed away that I kind of looked at in that way and so you know I'm like oh my god he's really cute and I remember um after going to (laughs) we were all just hanging out at my friend's restaurant I and everybody else was going on to like a nightclub or something and he was like, are you coming? And I, I was like, no, I'm really tired and I have to go somewhere tomorrow. So I'm going to call it a night. And I went home. I started crying because I was like, felt guilty and weird and had all these weird feelings. And I remember calling my mom and crying, but not really telling her why, <laughs> you know, why I was crying because she would think that I was ridiculous or not understand why I was so upset. But I remember crying and going crazy, like jumping on my bed in my little guest house in Vietnam and, you know, feeling horribly guilty that I had a crush on some random guy that I just met. <laughs> And, you know, so I would, and my mom was like, you'll be fine. Just go to sleep. Call me in like 24 hours. And if you're still feeling horrible, we'll come and get you or you can come home, you know, and always like a day later, I was like, I'm fine. Yeah. (laughs) She knows you. She knows you. I thought she was going to go the full on way. It was like, you can put on something sexy and you go down to that Oh God, no, my mom would never say that. (laughs) But you know, like that, uh, that was like. You know, a lot, and I've never really written about this, and only recently have I thought, oh, maybe I should, about traveling while grieving and being depressed, you know, because a lot of, that was a lot of stuff that I had to go through on my own, and I didn't want to talk about it, and now, you know, a lot, I have a lot of friends who are losing parents or siblings, and, you know, and talking to me about grief and things, and you know, I feel like I'm in a better place where I'm more open about it. And so, but yeah, traveling, like, I I would always compare grieving to like a little box that you travel with. And, um, you know, sometimes you pull it out of your suitcase, like your cosmetics bag or something. And sometimes you just leave it in there, you know, because sometimes it would just fall out of the bag. And I'm like, you know, people that I would meet while I was traveling. Oh, you want to go and hang out? I'm like, oh, I'm really busy this afternoon. I have to take care of something, you know? Yeah. And then I would go back to my guest house and then like cry. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you know, over time it, it got better and, you know, I would stay in hostels, you know, amongst people. You're still doing hostels. No, I no, did. I mean, during I, that trip you stayed in hostels. Yeah. And I had never stayed in hostels before then. How did that go? It was fine because I was really picky about where I stayed. Okay. And, you know, I mean, I'm... I'm just always worried about some 19-year-old Belgian kid playing EDM music <laughs> Well, the there, there were moments, so... Growing up. Well, so the first hostel I stayed at was in New Zealand. I didn't stay in a lot. Like, I did stay... Like, the ones in Asia are, like, so clean because, like, they have a cleaning lady that lives, right. on, like, in the building. They pay her a dollar yeah, a day or whatever. Yeah, well, horrible. But, you know, it's so clean. I stayed in one hostel in Barcelona. 
Barcelona, and then I never stayed in a hostel in Europe again. And I just called all those friends yeah. that I met while I was traveling and stayed with them because yeah, some of the especially in the cities because one of my rough. neighbors had bed bugs. Oh, so then I was like, no, nope, I'm not doing this. Out. Yeah. So. I was picky after that, and I just stayed with friends. Was this pre-Airbnb? Yes. So Airbnb didn't really exist. I tried to get an Airbnb when I was in Australia, like in Sydney, and there was like one listing (laughs) at the time. But the funny thing is, is when I was in Paris, I stayed with a friend of mine. Um, So I had met her in Sydney, like in the beginning of my round the world trip. And then she was like, Hey, I decided to go and study at the Sorbonne. You can stay with me in Paris. I'm like, I'll be there. There's, there's an invitation. So then I stayed at her place in Paris, but then they had never heard of Airbnb and they were going away for like three weeks for Christmas. And I'm like, you should Airbnb your place. And so then I I set up a photo shoot and shot their apartments (laughs) and like good lighting and all this stuff. And then like, so it was my friend and her friend, we're all friends now, um, they were students and this in this really nice apartment. So they started Airbnb-ing, Airbnb-ing their mm. place and it became like this income moneymaker yeah. for them while they were starving students in Paris. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I stayed with them, but there wasn't really a lot of Airbnb at the time. Now, I think, you know, I was in... Madrid last fall and earlier this year and I met like a you know a nice cute millennial and like they don't <laughs> stay in hostels anymore because they just stay in Airbnbs yeah, yeah. you know and so and it, I think it's almost like a better experience because she was staying with like really cool locals who would take you out and hang out with you mm-hmm. you know obviously there's some safety issues but you right. know as long as they have good reviews and everything yeah. yeah. No. So, so that and Uber have changed travel. Oh my goodness! Unbelievable. I just used Uber all over Mexico City. Oh yeah, my friends did too. Thing. My friends were there at Christmas time, and they said Uber was amazing. And also, I mean, when I was in Bali seven years ago, there was only taxis. But now I've heard that they have Uber and and Grab Taxi or Grab Cab or something like mm-hmm. that, like another app. And th- that's how people are using it, and they're not getting ripped off by taxi drivers and things. Yeah. Because, you know, and I'm like, wow, that's changed yes. travel so much. And the cars and the Ubers in Mexico City, all the ones I took, they were nicer than the the cabs. Oh yeah, the taxis were beat up, man. Yeah, and, yeah, and then yeah. you know you got to worry about them taking some weird route yeah, and then yeah. haggling with them exactly in a different language. I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard, you know? Yeah, so because I, I know, like, you know, I'm, I, when I'm driving around with, with my Uber driver right. or Lyft, I'm always looking at my, my route. The route. And then, yeah, and then paying cabs, like, all of a sudden, they, they never have change. Yeah, like, yeah. They don't have change <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's like, of course you don't. So sure. it's nice to not have to handle money and things like that. Yeah, and just, so, yeah. So, much so those, you know, businesses have definitely changed travel and it's interesting to me um you know how maybe travelers now that are doing round the world trips how theirs would go but at the same time too you know one of my friends asked if you could do your trip then or now would you do it then or now like would you change it i said no because there was no social media then and i think you know like when i travel now it's like I can see people doing like Instagram shoots. 
<laughs> oh, I and, see it all over. Uh, I'm sure. The pose, uh, the, you know, and so now thing, it's like, so now I, you know, when I go anywhere, I'm like, ugh, eye roll. And I know. then it wasn't, I, it was just traveling, you know, and it I was know. wonderful. So did, uh, so now as you look forward and seeing how blogging has changed, like you're saying, where do you see your site headed and where do you see blogging in general going? Well, I mean, I am traveling less. And so actually I've started to include other kind of content other than travel on my site. Like I have a home base in, in San Diego again. So I'm cooking more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm also um, working out like insane like an insane person actually <laughs> so so my friends tell me um so i'm i'm probably going to transition um a little bit more into lifestyle and a lot more personal like i always kept it really more of travel tips and guides and you know because i feel like i'm a little bit more ready to talk about things that I went through while I was traveling, you know, a lot more personal essays, I think, for me. And that's what I want to do for my site. Um, Blogging in general. Well, you know, it's interesting when you blog and you're trying to, you know, say, make money or if that's your focus or if you're trying to go on trips and things. Like, I think um, social media has changed it. So, you know, a lot of... I, I look at a lot of sites where you will connect to people or like tourism brands or PR companies. And they're like, we want 50,000 followers on Instagram and we'll give you like a free car rental for two days. <laughs> and I'm like, who is renting a car from Instagram? Like, don't you plan your trip you know, on your computer and you're like, okay, I'm going to go to Spain and do a little road trip. I'm not doing it on Instagram. No, yeah. You know, and so I remember seeing this email like for this site that I connect to about opportunities for bloggers and such. I'm like, I'm like, I have 12,000 followers on Instagram and none of them are booking their car rental (laughs) or, or thinking like, yeah, I'm going to see a picture of Arnett driving. And then that's going to inspire me to rent a so-and-so brand. I'm like, no, it's not, you know, what's going to inspire people. And I know this because I've used affiliates in my blog posts. Like I used Europe car driving around Morocco for two weeks, you know, and Mm. I totally, and I'm like, that's what I used. And they were good. <laughs> so, you know, not an Instagram photo of me driving around Morocco. <laughs> Anyways. So, you know, I, mean, I hope that blogging, pe- people still will value blogging over a Instagram post because you're sharing information that will last longer. You know, I think people forget that. I think people fall in love with this shiny picture yeah, and only, pretty... There's only so many girls in bikinis I can see yeah, on a beach. Yeah, or, but some people, you know... Actually, I could see more of them. <laughs> yeah. but, oh, you check know, that, I check think, that. <laughs> take that back. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, I think people like it because, you know, like, I mean, now that Instagram just rolled out Instagram TV to compete right. with YouTube. So, like, now it's like... There's even like one more thing on Instagram. But, you know, I'm 
I may not be the biggest Instagrammer, I may not be the biggest blogger, but I'm proud of the content that I put out because I think there is helpful information. Like, you know, somebody wrote me like a couple months ago, like, I'm going to Spain and I'm so excited, you know, like I'm going to Madrid and I'm going to do the day trips that you did and things like that. And, you know, and so I'm like, well, I spent six months in Madrid. (laughs) So I'm like, I fully, you know, I went to Segovia three ways, bus, car, and train. So I, you know, like I've laid out like (laughs) all the information you need, you know, and stuff. And so I think a lot of times like I write things because I, I fully experience them. It's not, you know, like you'll look at a fashion blogger who travels and (laughs) and they're just posing in their outfits in Paris. I'm like, that doesn't give me anything. (laughs) Like, okay, you wore a cute dress, but like, where should I eat and what should I do? And Okay, well, now we're going to tap into your quick uh, travel tips to wrap this up. Yes. Um, For your expertise, give us three places in the Philippines that we should visit that maybe we haven't heard of. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Well, I love uh, Palawan. You've probably been there. No, I've but, not. Oh, okay. Well, so Palawan is an island, and there's a few spots there. I've only been to um, a place called El Nido. Um, so they have the limestone cliffs there. And it's, I mean, it's more popular now than when I went seven years ago. Um but it's still nothing like, say, Halong Bay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, right. So El Nido is beautiful. Um, there was another place called Port Barton on the island that's, um, at that time, I don't know if it's changed. I'm going to have to ask people. But there was only electricity on the island for, like, six hours a day. Yeah. So it was, you know, like, so during the day there was no electricity, but at night that was like when you were charging your laptop and your camera (laughs) gear and, you know, Mm -hmm. so it was still really remote. I I think it's probably changed now because there's so much more tourism. So that's one place um, in the Philippines. Um, I don't really want to share this, but Shargao is in the south. Um, it's where I went surfing. Shargo? Yeah, it's spelled S-I-A-R-G-A-O. Okay. Um, it's south of Cebu. Uh, it's beautiful, and it's what, it's where you go surfing. It's really a surf destination, but I, when I went there, I did ask some other travelers who I met, like, if I'm not surfing, like, is there anything to do? And there are. Like, there's, I think they have stingless jellyfish like in a lake where you can swim do i want to swim with stingless jellyfish yes they do i want to swim with any jellyfish well maybe not i don't feel weird i don't like things touching me in the water right i mean i I like to see them actually as a diver well because my friends one of my friends is a master diver like he's amazing and he's always like why don't you dive i'm like i don't like things touching me in the water but the photos look incredible like to be in this lake with like a thousand jellyfish and you're not going to get stung that i would do that's pretty cool that i would do um and then well okay so south of manila south of manila there's like a little kind of area called batangas and that's where my mom was from but i heard there's this really 
amazing like resort hotel there. <laughs> I've okay. not been, but I want to go. Like, okay, uh, yeah. So, and but it's not like the sea or, but I think it's like lush kind of tropical like palm tree vibe, and it's like a beautiful resort. I've only seen photos, but it's kind of like a holistic kind of. You, you can go there and like do yoga and things like that. I would, I don't know. I'm really keen on going there. I've not been, but I'm okay. totally selling it for them. <laughs> and finally, one hidden gem of Vancouver one that nobody knows about that you're going to ruin right now. No one knows about. <laughs> or that's underserved and maybe people, what, what's some, something the locals like to do that maybe visitors would um, Well, the, in, on the north side, like on the north shore, um, nor- in North Vancouver, there's... Uh, it's more for locals. I don't think tourists really go out there because it's a little bit far out and you need a car to get there. It's called Deep Cove. They have a beautiful, you know, I, but I mean, Instagram has kind of brought Ruined attention it. to it because <laughs> you can, you go hike up to the top of this, it's called Qu- Quarry Rock. And so you can sit and take pictures and there's like this beautiful panoramic mm-hmm. view. Um, but it's not as common because you do need a car to get there. So people who travel to Vancouver without a car kind of can't get there. Right. Like you can, but it'll take you like four hours on a bus. (laughs) But um, when I go home, I always go for a hike there. And then when you get back down, um, there's like a little kind of area with cute little shops and restaurants. And there's like this really great donut shop (laughs) called Honey's. And I always get a donut after the hike. Oh, a donut and a hike. Yeah. You do your exercise, <laughs> grab a donut. It's exactly. Aren't you the fitness person now that everybody? Yeah, keeps, but I... I. Where does the donut fit I in? I work the, out that hard. <laughs> so you can have the donut. So I can eat whatever I want. That, that's a good idea. You know? I like that philosophy. Yeah. You know, or at least enjoy a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. So where can uh, people find you? Give us the names of your all your sites. Okay. Uh, so my site is rtwgirl.com or spelled out roundtheworldgirl.com. Um, you got them both. It, it all connects to the same place. And then my Twitter and Instagram handle are the same. It's at rtwgirl underscore. And then Facebook and Pinterest is rtwgirl. Oh, yeah, Pinterest. I don't even know what. Yeah. I know. I stayed out. Nobody. That's where I A lot out. of people don't care about Pinterest, but I will this say a- this for anybody who's listening that's a blogger or social media. That is my number one traffic referral. I have heard this. Like I, that is my number one, not Instagram, not Facebook, not Google search. Pinterest is like, it's crazy how much traffic I get on from there. So that I love that. Like, I'm glad that people don't care about it as much (laughs) because that's where I'm getting all my traffic. Uh, Where are you off to next Um, after all this? I'm really just spending a lot of time in California. So I'm hoping maybe just exploring San Diego. Because even though I moved to San Diego in 2006, there is so much that I don't do because I travel elsewhere. When I come home, I just want to hang out with the dog and Uh, my friends. uh, (laughs) And, and, you know, just like barbecuing in the backyard. And so I promised myself this year, especially... Well, it's hard to say in the summer because the traffic and all the other t- tourists that come kind of put me off. But well, we'll wait till September. Yeah. So, yeah. but I then wanted, I'll be awaiting my invitation. Yes, by the way. but I want to, you know, explore San Diego more. There's so many breweries. I love craft beer. I did a uh, brewery a tour? tour there. Yeah, with a um, 
Yeah, we did a, a with the oh, which got Travelocity. Oh, okay. It was a, a few of it, like uh, blogs um, and and things like that. It was uh, great. It is like San Diego I? is like the number one. <laughs> yes, it uh, has one the, of the most one of the top brewery towns. Well, I think it has the, the most microbrewery. Um, more than Portland now. It has the most breweries. Did it pass Portland? Yeah, that's because that that would be saying something. Yeah, it has more than Portland, I believe. Um, and so you know, so there's so much to do in San Diego, and I have zero content for San Diego on my blog. So I made a promise that I would do something once a week to like Local. to explore locally and so that I can slowly create content. So I've been the, my latest project was um going to all the local farmers markets oh, okay. in northern San Diego and to give you the real deal meal. <laughs> <laughs> which ones are worth visiting and which ones are not. Oh. So. Well, that's awesome. Yes. Well, uh, have a good summer. Thank you. Thank you for uh, doing this again. No I problem. Know, yeah, you had to do it twice. Yes. But there's so much <laughs> But that's better. okay because I feel as though I practice and, you that's know, right. I'm more. I've never done a podcast before. And after I did that one a couple of weeks ago, I was like, that was really cool. I See, think I'll do it more. It's easy, isn't it? Yeah. And, and well, you can be like everybody else and start your own. And, the, you know. Yeah. Be like Instagram. But I thought about it's it. found out now. I asked my guy friend. I was like, he's like, well, do you want to do travel? I'm like, no. I'm like, let's do one about dating. Yeah. <laughs> A girl and a guy, he's Australian, so he's kind of a curmudgeon, and I think he would be like a, a great kind of, we're work. opposite, you sure, know, like yeah. we're two different personalities. You need two different opinions on the yeah, same subject. Yeah. That, that would work. Exactly. Well, let me know, and then I'll go on it, <laughs> okay. because I have a few of those. <laughs> See? I have, I have some history there, let me tell you. But I think maybe I should do a podcast, and we can share like our dating stories. Oh, God. Don't you think that would be a hilarious Yeah, I don't know how much one? time you have on that one. Everybody would listen, because it would be so... <laughs> So interesting. Okay. Well, keep me posted. <laughs> because I've got some really horrible dates. I think we all do. But travel travel Tinder dates. Oh yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's 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 becoming a common thing. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Our next tricker, everybody, round the world girl. Bye. 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 Bye.